0: Kevin Marquick.
1: From 2002, Lazy, uh, Express 2 featuring David Byrne. It's alright everyone, I'm back, calm yourselves. Hello, uh, good evening, Kevin Markwick here, thank you for joining me. Thank you Adrian Corbin for two hours of uh, soul grooviness as usual. I let the side down a bit last week, I wasn't here. Sorry everyone all right but actually you seem to respond to the show really well yeah thanks for that no it was great to do the all film show tonight however uh the good indie music is back and we're going to hear from lily and madeleine the stepkids uh nick mulvey uh we've got the blue nile rufus wainwright volcano choir and a couple of tracks from Bernard Cribbins. That's not something you hear very often. A couple of tracks, Bernard Cribbins. Now you've heard it twice. Uh, the film, 1987. Uh, the time, uh, the time posing pouch will be pausing at, and uh, Chaney will be back mopping up 1986. Have I got that right? It's very confusing this time travel. I think that's right. Uh, we'll also be hearing some new tracks actually, some new releases from, uh, on the film front that is from Ed Sheeran (laughs) and from Marcus Mumford and Oscar Isaac Marcus Mumford and Ed Sheeran I bet you thought you'd never hear that on this show this is about, whoa this is about group there you go, it could have been sticker, I've had a week off but it's good
2: On my mind I find A fantasy
1: Uh, from About Group, who is it's a side project, actually, of um, what's his face? Uh, Alexis Taylor from Hot Chip, which is actually uh, rather good, I think. Now, um, as I always say about this time on a Monday night, please get in touch with the show. You can hit me up on Twitter at Kevin Markwick. One or two people are starting to do that. Um, or you can uh, hit us up on Facebook on the Kevin Markwick Show page where, just post me a picture. What are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> I don't care what it is, frankly. Just let me know. Let me know that you're out there. That's the important thing. You can email the studio. Uh, you can email me directly here, studio at Or you can even uh, text us, apparently. Start your message with the word uckfield, and text it to, uh, uh, to 80010. So there are many groovy ways to get in touch, including the website. If you go to the website, there's a webcam. You can see the back of my head. And you can type in, get off the air now, you idiot. Should, uh, should such a thing um, appeal to you? So, um, lots to pack in, actually, so we should get on with it, really. This is uh, Lily and Madeline. Come to me. <laughs> to me uh oh yes by uh you know i made a mental note that there's got that bit on the end and i completely forgot i made a mental note lily and madeline uh madeline madeline uh, come to me which is rather nice uh i've just freaked paul Cheney out saying that we were doing 1987 no we're not we're doing 1986 and he's catching up on 1985 um i think <laughs> i think he thought he'd because we'd already had one kind of uh, uh sort of re-recording session anyway and he works so hard on the show that um, I feel really bad him about like that. Oh, it's awful. Anyway, um, what we got to do? Oh, we've got to have one of these, and then when we come back, we got some sweet salvation. So is everyone clear what they're doing? Because I'm not entirely sure that I am...
3: so we and a face so please
4: I wrote on me now, yeah. and I'm not
5: sure if it's my perception, I don't or, or a concrete block of <laughs> <A> perpetual engagement, <laughs> a dispersion of pheromones, baby, please,
4: please, say, show me, i
1: stepkids who uh, apparently are American psychedelic soul I've not heard that uh, that particular name before but the music's good though they're from Bridgeport Connecticut in the United States uh, so what's coming up now uh, we're going to do a couple more tracks we've got to get the Cribbins in I'm to tell we dissed the Cribbins a couple of weeks ago so Cribbins deserves full respect here and uh, he will be getting it so we're going to do two Bernard Cribbins tracks before the night is out whether you like it or not um no, of course you'll like it. Who doesn't like Burning Cribbins? It's a ridiculous thing to say. Uh, and then we sort of do that thing into the, um, into the film part of the show. In the meantime, this is uh, Nitrous, Nick Mulvey.
5: And if you see old nitrous man selling laughter That the dream still fits the plan and that's why we're waiting at the table yes he's welcome at the stand and i won't mind the moment you can say that you saw in a dream how you can let me know any way that you've seen a day no more today the trouble came in droves but we drove it away we get mad with no words to say We get mad waiting, always waiting to get paid Darling, we get mad giving too much away No baby, I won't lie, I didn't want to say Until I heard in a dream how I can let you know Anyway, that I've seen a day, no more to pay Trouble came in droves, but trouble drove away. I see you getting mad with no words to say. You see me waiting, always waiting to get paid. We get mad with the load
1: Uh, Nick Mulvey. Now, uh, where are we coming up to now? It's 28 and a half minutes past. Hey, that was proper DJ, wasn't it? 28 and a half minutes past. (laughs) Time for for some Bernard, then for some ads, and then for some film stuff, Okay. Right, said Fred, both of us
6: together, one each end and steady as we go. (laughs) Tried to shift it, couldn't even lift it. We was getting nowhere, and so we had a cup of tea. And right, said Fred, give a shout for Charlie. Up comes Charlie from the floor below. After straining, even and complaining, we was getting nowhere. And so we had a cup of tea. And Charlie had a think and he thought we ought to take off all the handles. And the things what held the candles. But it did no good well. I never thought it would all right, said Fred. Have to take the feet off to get them feet off. Wouldn't take a mo. Took its feet off, even took the seat off. Shoulda got us somewhere, but no. So Fred said, let's have another cup of tea, and we said, right-o. All right oh. alright said Fred, have to take the door off, need more space to shift the so-and-so. <coughs> had bad twinches, taking off the inches, and it got us nowhere, and so we had a cup of tea. And right, said Fred, have to take the wall down, that there wall is gonna have to go. Took the wall down, even with it all down We was getting nowhere And so we had a cup of tea And Charlie had a think And he said, look, Fred, I've got a sort of feeling If we remove the ceiling With a rope or two We can drop the bladder through All right, said Fred Climbing up a ladder with his crowbar Gave a mighty blow Was he in trouble? Half a tonne of rubble Landed on the top of his dome charlie and me had another cup of tea and then we went home. i said to charlie we'll just have to leave it standing on the landing that's all you see the trouble with fred is he's he's too hasty now you never get nowhere if you're too hasty
1: the wonderful wonderful bernard cribbins who uh who is now 84 born in 1928 Uh, He seems to have been a kind of permanent fixture, really, for most of us in our lives, if you think... uh Going way back, he was in the. Um, he was actually in that Doctor Who feature film in 1966, the Dalek. He was in the second one, wasn't he? Daleks Invasion of Earth, uh, and the Wombles and Jackanory, and he just gives you a warm fuzzy guy. And of course, he's Doctor Who again when he turned up as uh, Donna's uh, grandfather. So um, you know what a what a uh, yes, what a constant in our lives, which can only be a good thing. Uh, we're gonna have a break, and when we come back, it's uh, film stuff. So here we go then this is the film hour now so sit back loosen your pouch and uh, enjoy the film related shenanigans please um it's uh, becoming clearer to us now we've got the hobbit coming out uh, pretty soon the second part uh, the desolation of smog smog <laughs> i don't know smog desolation of smog he's the um the big uh, fiery uh, what do you call those fiery things dragons that um is voiced by benedict cumberbatch who it just needs to be the law now that he's going to be uh, in every film ever made um so he's in that and one of the the and there's like i say they're sort of releasing bits of information to us uh, slowly over time ramping up for the release in november uh, no in december and um one of the things uh, I managed to get a hold of this week is the uh, title song, the music they're going to use on the end credits. So I thought I'd give that uh, a play when looking around for new stuff to play you, because we don't often play a, a new new film music. But this is um, the it's called "Icy Fire" by Ed Sheeran, and is from The Hobbit: Desolation of Smog. Oh, misty eye of the mountain below.
3: This is to end in fire Then we shall all burn together Watch the flames climb high, high Into the night Calling out Father Oh, rope. Stand by and we will Watch the flames burn all on the mountainside High, high. We should all die together. Raise a glass of wine for the last time. Cooling out, Father. Oh, prepare as we will. Watch the flames burn and on the mountainside. Desolation comes upon the sky. Now I see fire. Inside the mountain, I see fire, burning the trees, and I see fire, hollowing soul, I see fire, blood the breeze, and I hope that you remain. Close to the flame Calling out Father Hold fast and we will Watch the flames burn Open on the mountainside Desolation comes upon the sky Now I see fire Inside the mountain I see fire Burning the trees, I see fire Hello and so
1: what do you reckon uh ed sheeran from uh desolation of smog the new hobbit film the hobbit colon the desolation of smog is that how you say it people are going to be asking for all sorts of weird things uh it seems okay i mean it seems to me that um we'll be sitting there watching the endless credits going what do you mean what we're gonna wait a year for another three hours are you kidding um and But actually, there's some good news on the running time. As far as I understand it, it it's weighing in under, well, under, um, well under three hours. About two hours 40 seems to be the rumour with the credits at the moment, um, which is great because there'll be about 18 minutes of credits on it, which means we can start throwing you all out the cinema after about two hours and 20. So that makes perfect sense to me because they're too long. These are too long, don't you think? Let me know. At Kevin Markwick on Twitter. Facebook, the Kevin Mark Show, whatever you like, let me know what you think of Ed Sheeran's uh song from The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog. I got fed up saying the Desolation of Smog. I'm gonna get I'm just gonna call it a Hobbit Two from now on uh, another, I feel another film I'm looking forward to immensely. actually December 13 that comes out uh, The Hobbit uh, another film I'm looking forward to next year is Coen Brothers New One which uh, I, a lot of people I know have seen it and uh, they say it's great I haven't had a chance to see it yet uh, Inside Lewin Davis and uh, the songs have been written by uh, Oscar Isaac and Marcus Mumford and this is one called Fairly Well <laughs>
7: To the one I love Oh, fare thee well My honey Fare thee well Well, I had a man Strong and tall He moved his body Like a cannonball Oh, fare thee well Fare thee
8: well
7: I remember one evening in the pouring rain And in my heart was an aching pain
1: Lucas Mumford from the upcoming Cohen Brothers picture, which was released, I think it's in, if it's not the end of January, it's the beginning of February in the UK, inside Lewin Davis, which is uh, was a storm at Cannes way back in May. These things take too long to come around, don't you think? Uh, and um, well, another thing occurred to me about The Hobbit was why didn't that bird just take him to that other mountain? You know? Then we could have cut the middle three hours out, couldn't we? They could have just gone straight there and we could have had a six hour film instead of a nine hour film. Really? Actually, uh, Jason on Facebook said that song was boring. Sure, it wasn't written by Ronan Keating. <laughs> it may well have been, Jason. It may well have been. Um, OK, it's time for Chaney now. Some sense, finally. Some uh, some erudite musings uh, as Chaney takes us back again to 1985.
9: Hello. Here I am again, like a zombie that Kevin didn't manage to decapitate after having talked us through 1985 the week before last. The great success of Back to the Future was just the cresting wave of a tide of movies aimed at young people, and there are plenty more to sift through. John Hughes was getting into his directorial stride with the madcap Weird Science, a film in which two high school geeks manifest pre-internet porn at a house party. St Elmo's Fire was Joel Schumacher's rather more straightforward high school coming of age even steven spielberg was trying to recreate the success of the indiana jones formula for youngsters by producing adventure films along the same lines the goonies a sort of peter pan hybrid was something of a hit however in today's post harry potter world it's the schoolboy restyling of sir arthur conan doyle's young sherlock holmes that i've looked at it's a film notable for some up to the minute cgi from industrial light and magic's john Lasseter who went on to make the Toy Story films. The technology may be high-spec, but the story, and so its music by Bruce Brufton, is the stuff of old-school daring do While kids were daydreaming of action or romance, there was still a fair bit of serious adult fare on release in 1985. Pale Rider is a funny amalgam of westerns. An Immoral Town gets its comeuppance for past sins in classic High Noon style, though the whole thing is couched in a magic realism that director and star Clint Eastwood borrowed from the European artfulness of earlier spaghetti westerns. Very different, but no less serious, is the sci-fi satire of Brazil in which Terry Gilliam reimagines Orwell's worst nightmares in a post-Cold War, but pre-NSA, future. Jonathan Price is the Kafkaesque victim of mistaken identity, Sam Lowry, for whom Kate Bush wrote this dream sequence song. Has, any, has anybody seen Lowry?
7: Has- Anybody seen Sam Lowry? (laughs)
4: the <laughs>
9: Inevitably, there was one film that was the best of all these worlds. A serious science fiction adventure that dealt in serious moral issues, targeting a specific age group, but having some fun along the way. In fact, Cocoon even manages to provide a good role for poor old Steve Gutenberg, who was about to be saddled with the dubious success of the police academy formula. An ET for pensioners... Cocoon involves the life-conferring properties of pods stowed on Earth by an alien race. Luckily, for members of a Florida retirement home, they're being kept in a local swimming pool. James Horner queued up some swing time for the inevitable party sequence. Goodbye.
1: Oh, James Horner's score for Cocoon um, in 19- <laughs> 1985. No, really, I do know. I do. Uh, which was fine. Actually, that was a good, fun film, wasn't it? And thank you, Cheney, for that. That was absolutely marvellous, as usual. And Cheney will be back next week doing 1986, because we're doing 1986 this week, and then next week we're doing 1987. I think, you know, I think I better think it out again. Uh, So what we're going to do now is... uh, There was something else I was going to say to you as well, but I can't remember what it was. Oh, it happens to me all the time. Uh, We're going to take a wee tiny little break, and then when we come back, we've got a big new score for you, uh, which you may or may not like. I I remember what I was going to say. I was going to say that James Horner will be back when we uh, rotate back into 1986 uh, in quite a big way, actually. Um, So what am I going to do now? I'm going to play you some new music by John Williams uh, for um, The Book Thief, which is an immensely popular book. And has now been turned into a film directed by Brian Percival, who seems to be mostly famous for directing Downton Abbey, which you may think is a good thing or you may not. I don't know. And he seems also to have directed some, uh, some uh, old television. <laughs> uh, North and South. Do you remember that? Oh, I don't think that was. The, was that the Chaz and Dave film? No, I don't think it was. Uh, Anyway, so there's a big cast, uh, Roger Allam and Geoffrey Rush, Emily Watson, and it looks to be very good and could be quite a big hit. And they seem to have a budget because they wheeled in John Williams uh, to write the score. And this is a fairly sizable chunk from it, uh, from the book Thief. Mm. set in uh germany during world war ii that's part of john williams new score for the film of the book the book thief which uh sounds interesting certainly okay it's time now to uh, tap the flux capacitor kevin markwick
6: See, we can move in the other three, as the doctor said, up, down, forwards, backwards, sideways. But when it comes to time, we are prisoners.
2: Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough roads to get up to 88. Roads?
7: Well, we're going. We don't need
8: roads.
4: You made it! You blew it up!
7: Oh, damn you! God damn you all! Man!
2: Must
1: be some kind of hot tub time machine. Hot tub time machine. Here we are in 1986. So, how's it going? You got a mobile phone yet? Terrible start to the year when the Space Shuttle Challenger disintegrates 73 seconds after launch, killing all seven astronauts on board. (music) Hades Comet comes around, although we couldn't see a thing here. Thick cloud over upfield for most of the time. John McCarthy's kidnapped in Beirut and a mishandled safety test at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant kills at least 4,056 people and forcing the resettling of at least 350,000 more. Extraordinary. The Sun alleges Freddie Starr, a Live Hamster... And Gary Lineker is the top scorer in the World Cup in Mexico, despite England being put out at the quarter-final stage by Maradona and the Hand of God. Of Sickening. Alex Ferguson is mani- appointed manager of Manchester United. A and British Gas is sold off. Yeah, well done, everyone. You see, Sid, telling him he's in knit. Uh, the top selling single of the year was Don't Leave Me This Way by the Communards. But don't imagine things were really improving. (laughs) Who knew? Every Loser Wins by Nick Berry was the number two selling single. Uh, The best-selling album of the year was True Blue by Madonna. On the indie chart, this was number one for three weeks. It is, of course, Half Man, Half Biscuit. Trumpton Riots. The most popular films of 1986 were a frustrating combination of the sublime and the downright terrible. So much so that I'm even forced to start outside the top 10. In fact, I'm going to start way down at number 16. Uh, grossing £2.5 million was Roland Joffe's next film after the brilliant The Killing Fields, a period piece set in the 18th century as Jesuits try- tried to protect the Amazon tribes from the incoming conquistadors. Uh, this time he had a wonking budget, uh, Hollywood heavyweight Robert De Niro and a screenplay by the revered uh, Robert Bolt. It all looks lovely. Chris Menges does a fine painterly job with the cinematography. Uh, it all takes itself rather seriously, actually. Uh, but it did have a score by Ennio Morricone. As It Is In Heaven, uh, part of Ennio Morricone's score for Roland Joffe's film The Mission, uh, which was the number 16 film, surprisingly. Uh, I remember we did really well with it. And actually, when we had it back, the projectionist before me had um, put the tails and leaders on in the wrong order. And I showed at least two reels in the wrong order. Um which made it interesting because they were all killed and then they came back to life again, which uh, I couldn't get away with saying, well, this is an avant-garde new director's cut. Nobody bought that one and I had to give them all their money back. At number 15 was Hannah and Her Sisters, another one of those Woody Allen return-to-form films he's been doing for 30 years. Uh, That was a good one. Um, 14, The Stupid Spies Like Us with Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd. Thirteen, the even more po-faced and stupid Cobra was sty- sliced alone as a humorless cop taking out the trash to uh, horrid West Coast disco Can you detect a curmudgeonly tone creeping into the show tonight? Uh, yeah, whatever. It's more fun, isn't it? Uh, at number twelve was the pointless um, Karate Kid part two which at last brings us to something watchable at number 11 uh, grossing 3.5 million pounds labyrinth was a rather enjoyable if not wholly successful marriage of contemporary fairy tale uh visual effects and puppetry directed by the late great jim henson with a zingy screenplay by terry jones it features a young jennifer colony uh some great puppets and david bowie in tight leggings and a bonkers wig what more do you want <laughs> labyrinth uh, trevor jones wrote their score and that's uh, you can hear david bowie in there with his big orb and that was just his leggings uh we're gonna have one of these and when we come back more
4: 1986
1: so it's oh shouty shouty calm yourself um that was uh that was that What am I doing? Why am I here? It's 1986. I was free and young. Um, I wasn't, yeah. And uh, anyway, so what are we doing in 1986? We have got to number nine. Uh, the OK? No, it wasn't. It was number ten. Sorry, everyone. Uh, everyone, uh, yes, the very fine British thriller, thriller, *Mona Lisa*. Do you think I've pulled it around yet? The very fine British thriller *Mona Lisa* did well at number ten. Everyone at the top of their game: Bob Hoskins, Kathy Tyson, and director Neil Jordan. Um, Michael Caine was a, also a revelation as the nasty crime boss. He was really horrible in that, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, then at number nine i got distracted because I, I deviated from the running order fatal with the way my brain works so at number nine the okay follow-up to the very entertaining romancing the stone uh, jewel of the nile all three stars back again Kathleen Turner, Michael Douglas, Danny DeVito. It was all perfectly serviceable, I suppose. Not quite as good as the first one. Uh, Number eight was Teen Wolf, which I know has a place in the hearts of many people. Uh, It was released after the huge success of Back to the Future, Uh, made Michael J. Fox a global star, although um, it was in fact made before. The title's self-explanatory, really. High School Kids a Werewolf. Wackiness ensues. There was more wackiness at number seven. I should say at this point that there's little or no music available for a lot of these week's titles I mean hence we're already we're only starting at number ten and we're like halfway through it so at number seven and a huge hit in upfield I recall was clockwise uh, a sprightly fast with John Cleese as the uptight school headmaster unable to make an important conference on time as things go from bad to worse. Uh, John Cleese does his long-legged, frustration, barely-contained rage thing um, brilliantly, actually, and as far as I can see, it's the only original screenplay by the all-round genius Michael Frayn. Anyway, things turned decidedly darker at number six, grossing $4.9 million was James Cameron's sequel to Aliens, uh, Alien. <laughs> I just trod on my own gag there. It uh, was James Cameron's sequel to Alien, Aliens. And it begs the question, why wasn't Alien 3 just called Aliens? Uh, cameron's master stroke of course was to make a completely different film from ridley scott's original which relied on the sort of menace and creepiness and sudden bleh. but uh, cameron's film is a ball's out action picture that ramps up the stakes by having hundreds of alien creatures it has all of cameron's signature sort of military stuff i'm sure he must have wanted to be a marine as a kid or something uh, and yet yeah, it retains the design ethic from the original it's actually some really good stuff and james horner's score is also an interesting amalgam of original material echoes of Jerry Goldsmith, and even the uh, ballet suite, uh, the cacaturian that was used in um, 2001. So this is the main title from Aliens uh, by James Horner. james horner's uh main title from aliens i've just noticed actually that uh the mission won the palm door so shows you what i know uh so oh where do we go? oh number five. Oh, what's that on my shoe oh it's the film at number five it's police academy fire uh, police academy three back in training why would anybody want to watch that But lots of people did, apparently. At number four, grossing 6.3 million, was Sydney Pollack's All Conquering Out of Africa, sweeping all before it at the Oscars, winning no less than seven Academy Awards, including uh, Best Picture, Best Director. Although Merrill went home empty handed, how did that happen? And Redford wasn't even nominated. Still, it's all great, sweeping, African-based entertainment based on the true story of uh, Danish Karen Blixen and her affair with a rugged big-game hunter. And, of course, the score by John Barry was, uh, was just epic and fabulous. wonderful stuff John Barry's mighty score for uh, out of Africa shades of his score for born free do you reckon uh, yes what do you think he sort of looks at Africa and goes or whatever John Barry did in the morning Uh, so the top three more utter tosh at three Rocky Four grossed £8.1 million Uh, these films were now a parody of themselves meat-headed and boring this time Rocky goes to Russia to fight Dolph Lundgren yawn, oddly uh, the most successful of the franchise as well go figure, Uh, we aren't going to discuss number two much as I know I'm on a loser everyone loves it and I don't Uh, I suppose it's something I'll just have to live with uh, top gun grossed 8.5 million pounds directed by tony scott in his usual bombastic style it oh really is there any point in going on yeah you know you like it i don't let's just just agree to disagree okay so the number one film a global phenomenon and ultimately uh one trick pony crocodile dundee took everyone by surprise grossing oh tons <laughs> 20 million 20 million at the uk box office this is amazing it's like a long time ago and you could buy 10 goats for a for a shekel uh, anyway that's more than double top gun it ran and ran and ran no one saw it coming really they didn't they said they did the lying, rather like mama mia or uh, the other one wide appeal cinema that comes along reasonably rarely actually um it goes into the sort of full Monty, mamma mia bracket simple crowd-pleasing fun it's never going to appear in the site and sound 100 greatest films that's for sure anyway it's a fish-out-of-water story of a rakish trapper from the australian outback who finds himself in love and in a far more hostile environment new york city wackiness ensues The utter lack of chemistry between Paul Hogan and Linda Kowalski never seems to bother anyone. But there you go. The score by Peter Best was rather forthright and a perfect fit for the self-confident central character. This is the main theme. Dundee the number one film of 1986 it's alright I'll tell you more if I had the time but unfortunately I'm already late for one of these evening sound
4: better 105 Upfield FM. ok so that was 1986
1: how did you find it? Tune in next week for 1987. It's a kind of a linear thing we're doing. This is uh, Blue Nile. Blue Nile, tinsel Town in the Rain. doesn't age at all, that one, actually, does it? No, it doesn't. Uh, so that was 1986. I just thought I'd have a quick look in the book, actually, see what we were up to ourselves in 1986. I've got the book here. Can you see that on the webcam? No, you can't. Um, especially if you're listening on the podcast. That would be ridiculous. Uh, 1986, in November 1986, we were showing Ruthless People. That was good. Do you remember that? Uh, Danny DeVito and uh, that bloke, what well, used to be Judge Reinhold, and um Bet Midler. Oh, new no, Bet Midler. That was good. That was really good. Big Trouble in Little China this week in 1986. And Top Gun. So um that's what we were showing. What did it take? Let's have a look. Ruthless People. Oh, no good. 248. <gasps> Nine people on Thursday night. That was terrible. Big Trouble in Little China wasn't much better. Did all right on the Saturday. Top Gun was all right, of course. That did all right. Uh, Saturday was busy. Yeah, not bad during the week. So, a reasonable week, one way or another, back in 1986. So, uh, what do I want to play you now? It's just music, really, now to the end of the show. Um, And this is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful track by Rufus Wainwright called Beautiful Child. (laughs)
0: Kevin Markwick, 105 Uckfield FM.
1: sublime uh volcano choir tide rays and before that you heard rufus wainwright beautiful child okay so we're gonna have some more sublime bernard before the break and one more track after that and it's all over
6: Hole in the ground, so big and sore around of it wasn't there was I Digging it deep, it was flat at the bottom and the sides were steep When along comes this bloke in a bowler which he lifted and scratched his head Whoa, he looked down the hole, old, poor demented soul and he said Do you mind if I make a suggestion? Don't dig it there, dig it elsewhere You're digging it round and it ought to be square The shape of it's wrong, it's much too long And you can't put a hole where a hole don't belong I ask, what a liberty, eh? be bashing right in the bowler well there was I, a stoody me shovel shovelin' earth. For all that I was worth, I was And there was him standing up there so grand and official with his nose in the air, so I gave him a look sort of sideways and I leaned on my shovel and sighed, whoa, I lit me a fag, and er took too good drag, I replied. I just couldn't bear to dig it elsewhere I'm digging it around cause I don't want it square And if you disagree, it doesn't bother me That's the place where the hole's gonna be Well, there we were, discussing this hole Hole in the ground, so big and sort of round it was It's not there now, the ground's all flat And beneath it is the bloke in the bowler hat
1: that's that. Is that actually funny, Bernard? If I've got this right, you killed the bloke in the bowler hat and buried him under the road. Not good, really, is it? <laughs> So that's it it's all over i can't thank you enough for listening it really does mean a lot and if you want to get in touch uh, in the downtime before next week please do at kevin markwick on twitter or on the the facebook page it'd be really really good to hear from you um, so i'll see you all next week and i'm going to leave you Midlake have got a new album out which is always a good thing uh called antiphon and this is a great track called the old and the young i'll see you next week i love you all bye